what you want most is behind what you resist most. Mm -hmm. And for some people, they're resisting giving up their expensive lifestyle. But whatever you're resisting most, like probably whatever you want most is right behind that. And Ooh, so really I love that. Yeah, love really it. ask yourself what you're hiding from because I think sometimes our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And so ask yourself, you know, who am I not to be? Let's exactly. go. Exactly. Without Fear of Her Future podcast is for women who are passionately pursuing financial freedom using multiple streams of income and real estate to accomplish their goals. We are here to empower you to be brave, dream big, and design a life that you love that inspires others to do the same. I'm your co-host, Andrea Inkstrom, a real estate investor and business coach and co-founder of The Partnership for Realtors. And I'm here with my co-host, Teresa Todd, founder of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and author of the best-selling book, Without Fear of Her Future. Over the past two years, Teresa has had nearly 200,000 join her masterclass where she teaches women how to become real estate investors. Hey, Teresa. Hello, Andrea. Well, I believe that our listeners are going to love this because we are talking to women that have been fantasizing about quitting their nine to five job. Yes. And they are definitely going to want to hear today. Uh, working for yourself and building wealth through real estate investing can absolutely replace your income if you're prepared and ready for the transition. So in this episode, We'll answer some of the most common questions about how you can turn real estate investing into a career you're excited to wake up to every morning and get your bills paid. I love it. Well, yes. Thank you, Teresa. And today we are going to, we're going to answer um, all of the most frequently asked questions that we get. So we get these kind of questions on our coaching calls all the time and and people that are joining the masterclass because they want financial freedom. They want to figure out how to be able to transition out of a day job into their dream life. Yes. And so we're just going to go through some of those questions. But before we start, Teresa, um, share with our, our listeners again, how long have you been investing in real estate? And did you have a transition period or did you just like quit your job and jump right in? I just jumped right in, quit everything. So I've been investing now five years. Uh -huh. um, April of April 1st, April Fool's Day of 2017 was my first day as an investor after 25 years in the medical field. And I left everything. I moved from Tyler, Texas to Dallas, Texas. So I left behind a 25-year career like my church, my family, I mean, everything that I was comfortable with. Well, I say my family. Now, my three sons were here. And obviously, they are the ones who talked me into doing this bizarre thing. And they were <laughs> in Dallas. And so it was the scariest, but at the same time, most exciting thing that I have ever done. I love it. And okay, so how did you know that you would be okay just quitting? Because so many people are listening and they're like, oh, I want that story. I wish I could do that. But yeah. how did you know that you would be okay moving to a new city and quitting, just quitting and not having an income waiting for you there? Yeah. Like, how, what had you done to set yourself up for that well, transition? I'm going to say so. I had, again, been in a 25 year career. So I did have some money in a 401k. It was certainly not enough to live on. And you, you know, you're afraid to use that money because there's penalties, but I knew that it was there if if I needed it. But I had seen the success that my sons had had. Yeah. And so I knew that if I just jumped in with both feet, that I could do it. And so I didn't play a game. I mean, I, you can't make a decision like that and then be scared. 
You, I yeah. jumped in and I hit the ground running and I never looked back. I did what it took to start making money. And mm -hmm. then, and it was, and it was like a frenzy, to be honest, as I started yeah. making money, I was just like, go, 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 go. And ended up making more money in the first four months than I had in my 401k after 25 years. Oh. So it was, it, it was incredible. incredible and it is so doable. But um, if you're an action taker, and, you know, I would hate to see someone quit their job, leave everything behind. And then you, it, there was no dabbling for me. Right. There was no, I knew not only if I was going to, I had to pay bills. I need, I needed to, I needed to start making money immediately. Mm -hmm. And I never missed a beat. Yeah. You know, and I, I, the other thing I love about your story, because one of the first things you, you did to start marketing was start knocking on doors. <laughs> and I think that there's people that will say that they're all in but they are never willing to actually step out their front door and go knock on a door. Yeah. And so there, I think there's a big difference between saying I'm all in, I'm going to do this. And then somebody, and then they sit at home and they watch videos about how to do it Absolutely. versus actually like getting out the door, knocking on the doors, picking up the phone, sending out the marketing, like all doing all yes. the things that it actually, that actually produces the result. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Yeah, you're exactly right. And Andrea, you know, this just from coaching um the people who do the things are successful right and you just said it there are so many people it makes them feel like they're doing something because mm -hmm. they're jumping on coaching calls or they're watching the yeah. training videos and which is all vital and necessary but those things in itself are not going to make you any money yes you I actually call it have to take action yeah and um and that's what that's what successful people do so yeah. Yeah. So I call I call that the difference between being in motion versus being in action because when when preparation becomes a form of procrastination, yes. then something has to change. And I think that's what I love about your story is there was no procrastination. There was very little preparation. <laughs> like you had to you had to be prepared, but um but it was very much about taking action instead of just being in motion and it letting was. your wheels spin. And there's there's no place for analysis paralysis I didn't yeah. know the answers to most of the questions I didn't have all the answers I just started you but that was the best way to learn mm -hmm. I can't the 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 amount of knowledge that I took in that first four to six months is really what changed my life everything right. after that has been a topping you know a, a you know yeah. a, a icing but what I learned in those trenches when I was working and learning and I mean just literally having to come you know figure it out on the fly um just you know I said all the wrong things a hundred times before I said it the right time I would get back in my car and go oh I can't believe I said that or oh I wish I had said this or but again I learned. And yeah. I would not take anything for what I learned that, that first six months as a real estate investor. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, you know, my story is a little bit different than yours. Yeah, so. I want to hear about you and how, when, and how did you get started? Yes. So I, I took a $17 masterclass because of a little Facebook ad that I saw. <laughs> by this gal that sounded like the sweetest, sweetest sugar. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, I, I was looking for something different in my life and was trying to figure out what my next thing would be. And I had listened to some podcasts about real estate investing and it got me interested. And then I, I got your, your, uh, ad for the masterclass. 
And that was in January of 2021 that I took your masterclass. So it's literally been less than two years. And here, and I'm sitting here talking to you today. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. But, um, but I took your, your masterclass in within my first 30 days. And in fact, two of them, I had two properties under contract by Saturday of your masterclass. I was just like such a, let's go, let's yes. go, let's do this thing. I get it. Let's do it. And um, but it three properties in my first 30 days, I, I bought 10 properties in my first six months. Um, my husband, Josiah and I, um, as investors together, like we were both all in. And at the time that I took the masterclass, I did have a, a day job. I had sold a business the year before and was, you know, trans in a kind of a point of transition in my life. But I was, I had a day job that I had stepped into to just make sure that we could pay our bills and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I joined the mentorship right out of the masterclass. And within nine weeks of joining the mentorship, I was posting in the group, girls, I'm all in. I quit my day <laughs> job. And it was such a celebration because I was so driven. I was like, I never, I never want to be in a position again where I'm dependent on someone else for a paycheck. I want to make mm -hmm. my own schedule. I want to make my own rules. And like, I knew that that's what I wanted for my life. And I caught that vision from, from you all and what I, what I saw there. Um, so yeah, so nine for me, it was weeks. Nine, I mean, that's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. And so it takes a certain amount of just faith that, mm -hmm. and just knowing that you're going to do it. First of all, I believe that like my sons gave me the, I, I knew that they were going to be there to coach me. Right. And I think just like you, when you join the Women's Real Estate Investors Network, you know that you're not out there floundering on your own. You right. have coaches that are going to give you, you know, they're going to coach you through it if you just actually do it. And so I love when, you know, and I am never the one that can tell somebody, oh, you should quit your job. You, right. I would never say those words to anyone because I think it has to be on the inside, you know, but at the same time, it, we have to differentiate a knowing from just fear. Right. Because it's always, listen, and I was, I mean, I, I was very used to a salary and mm -hmm. I had raised my kids on that salary and I knew how to live on that little salary. And so the, just the fear of not having money, even though it wasn't a lot of money, I knew exactly how much money was going to be landing in my bank account every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to live within that means. And so sometimes we live in, we feel, we feel like that's less risky mm -hmm. and you know, it is a little bit less risky, but at the same time, we are pinning ourselves in. Did not matter how hard I worked that same amount of money was going to land in my bank account every single time. And then what you learn about investing when you are doing this is, listen, it's unlimited. Mm -hmm. There is a, an extravagant account, amount of money that can land in your bank account if you're willing to do the actual work. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, how did you know for you it was the right time to quit your job? So for for us, we had um, we had flipped a house and we were, we had listed it and it sold right away for over asking price. And so it was a, it was a lipstick flip. So it was a very quick turn project and it sold very fast. And it was at a time when things were going over asking price. Y'all remember those days. Uh -huh. um, and so Fun we, times. yes. It, <laughs> so we, we had a check um, 
we had, we knew that we were going to be receiving a check for $56,000. And in our household, that's enough, that's enough money to, to go, okay, we know that that's going to, we know that this is going to work. But in addition, and I want everybody to hear this well, I didn't just have a check for $56,000 coming. I also had five other properties that were in the works that were closed on or, um, getting ready to close on and were at various points of, of construction or getting ready to close on them. Like I knew what my pipeline looked like. Absolutely. And I had, and I had an estimated $315,000 and this y'all was nine weeks after Woo! I joined the mentorship. I had $315,000 in profit projected in my pipeline from the houses that I had under contract or had already closed on. Wow. And so and we were not like a, I mean, a super high earning household income. Like we knew how to, how to, you know, live within our means and keep our bills low. And we're going to talk about the more, more about that in just a minute. Um, but we, we did, we didn't, we didn't need a million dollars a year to live on when yeah. we decided to transition. Um, and we did that intentionally, yeah. but, um, but for us, we knew what was coming. And, and even if we were half wrong, we were going to be okay. Exactly. And, and I think that's a really important piece of like knowing when the time is right. Well, for me, you, you said you made $56,000. That was almost my annual salary right. in the medical field. Yeah. So I could have made the decision based on that. Mm -hmm. Now, now the thing is, is are you the kind of person that because you have $56,000 all at once, are you going to go blow it? Or are you <laughs> going to say, okay, I'm going to make this last. Mm -hmm. And, and if you and if you know that you can self-discipline yourself and you can make this last until you really get some money coming in, um, you know, it, it's it's doable. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that that we learned very early in our relationship, my husband, Josiah, and I, um, when we first got married, we had $48,000 in student loans between us. Wow. Um, almost fifty thousand dollars, actually fifty thousand in student loans. Two thousand were his, forty-eight thousand were mine, <laughs> and he was making eighteen thousand dollars a year income. I was making thirty-three thousand dollars a year, and we set a goal together to pay off that debt. Ooh. And we said, and within five years, we're going to pay off fifty thousand dollars. And I just told you what we were making when we yeah. set the goal. But get this. So we we got after it. We did that whole debt snowball thing that y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Dave Ramsey kind of. Yes, that's yep. right. And we um and we paid off that loan. We paid off those loans in 18 months. Wow! On that and, with that money that you well, but here's the deal. One of the things that we learned is that when you have a big goal, you get after it. And so there, you can get after it in a couple different ways. You can start selling stuff. So we sold a, his beautiful motorcycle. We sold his car. We uh, like a truck. We became a one car household. We made sacrifices. Yep. Um, we got and we figured out how to get our income up. We changed jobs. We you know we he started making more money. We we started doing doing different things and got our hustle on mm -hmm. because we had this strong desire um, to to get to change our life financially, and we didn't want to be like burdened by the weight of this debt. And I um and so it, we learned what we were capable of together yeah. during that time. I love it. And so then when we when we decided to become real estate investors, we caught this new vision because I think we we you know we we knew what it was like to live like no one else. So later we could live like no one else, yeah. but we never got to the like wealth. <laughs> part, we just kind of got complacent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so for us, like when we found real estate investing, 
um, you know, we had built other businesses before and had, you know, dramatically increased our income and, and had a lot of fun, but also had a lot of challenges and, you know, debt and different things kept coming up. Yeah. And so we just, um, when we found real estate investing, we decided, okay, this is it. We're going to, we're going to be all in on this. And so I want to share with everybody a couple of things that we did in order to get started and to, to set ourselves up financially. I want to hear it. Okay. Good. Okay. So, um, so one of the things that we did when we first got started was, was do what we did when we were getting out of debt. We started, we sold a vehicle because we had an extra vehicle. We sold a, um, like we changed our, our car situation to be better financially to set ourselves up. Um, and we, we ended up, um, we actually ended up cashing in, um, a 401k to be, because we were like, wow, I think we're going to do a better job investing our own funds than our 401k was doing for us. And mm -hmm. we hadn't started it that long ago. So I don't want people to freak out and think I cashed out a like six figure 401k because <laughs> I, I definitely didn't. Um, but, uh, but we, so we got our, but then we, we started looking at our bills. And so I started looking at like, what are we paying in health insurance? Cause this is a big question that people yes. have, right? Yes. If I have a W2 job and I have health insurance, how am I going to quit my day job and still have health insurance? Well, here's the thing. I started calling around and I got referrals and I, and I got a referral to someone that um, was from a more national, like a more national organization than mm -hmm. who was doing our insurance through the company that I worked with at the time. And I got quotes from multiple carriers and we just, we just changed our, our policy to be more of a major medical policy. Mm -hmm. It cut our insurance costs in half. Wow. So we I, like, and that had been a major thing holding us back from, from just taking a leap of faith, right? Because mm -hmm. we were like, oh, how are we going to afford health insurance? It literally cut our health insurance costs in half. And so I want everybody to hear that well, yep. that sometimes the thing that you're most afraid of, like literally there, just needs a little an answer. Uh, there yeah. is an answer and it yeah. just needs a little research. And I know not everybody's situation is the same. Um, but we also like one of the things that we learned as we were getting out of debt is that you know, we kind of, we, there's, there's a lot of things that we do to insure ourselves. We don't buy the insurance package on the electronics for the next year. If it breaks, we're going to replace it and we're yeah. going to be fine. Yep. And so we don't waste money on extra insurance that we don't need. Yep. And so, and we just said, well, we would rather, um, you know, pay a $5,000 deductible than have a thousand dollar deductible. And that makes your insurance costs go way down. Yep. And so, um, and so that was some of the things that we did, but we also started totaling up. Um, and this is something that we, we've, we've got really good at over the years because of the way we started our relationship, getting out of debt was figuring out what is the bare minimum budget that we can live on? What can we do, um, to cut down our, our costs dramatically? Because when you don't pay attention to where your dollars are going, then your dollars go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they just keep going. Um, but what the numbers that you pay attention to are the numbers that you change. And so if you're really focused on, for example, um, you know, slashing your grocery budget, like on a, on a month where you're not paying attention to it, you're going to spend probably $100 or $200 more per month on groceries than if yep. you're actually paying attention to that number. And that's, and that's just one example. But then when you start to think about what are all of the costs that I have in my life that are because of my day job? Yes. What are the clothes that I wear because I go to my day job that I would never buy that if I didn't have that job? Mm -hmm. What about childcare costs? What am I paying in childcare because I have this day job and I'm not able to be there to pick up my kids mm -hmm. from school? 
right? What are the costs I'm paying in commuting, in gas, yes. in my car? Right. Am I driving a certain level of car because of the job that I have mm -hmm. and the expectations I think people have on what I should drive based on what I make or what I want to be making in my job. So there's all these like status things that I think we yep. spend money on and that we don't realize how much of our budget is actually taken by things that we would never spend money on if we mm -hmm. didn't have that job. That's right. I agree. You know, you, this is two, two things is we have to get our pride out of the way. We yes. absolutely have to get our pride out of the way. And I, you've probably heard me say this. I feel like I lived like a pauper for those first six months. Even though I was started making the money, I wasn't spending it. I was just like letting it pile up because, you know, first of all, I'm just learning and you still have that mentality. How long is this going to keep happening? And then yeah. you finally settle in. It's like, okay, as long as I keep doing these things, this is going to keep coming in. But then the other thing is like you mentioned, I didn't have too much pride to knock on the doors. Yeah, I didn't have too much pride to just, do whatever it took be, and for as long as it took. Right. And and then you get the benefit. And I'll be honest, I, you know, <laughs> this will not be a favorite podcast because this is the hard stuff. You know, this yeah. is the stuff that people don't really, they want to hear about all the money you can make, but no, most people don't want to hear about the sacrifices that it might take. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, everybody doesn't have to do this. Everybody doesn't have to quit their day job. As a matter of fact, the majority of people who join the Women's Real Estate Investors Network, they keep their day job yep, and they just do this on the side, you know, maybe for mm -hmm. years or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but then there are those that are like us and they're mm -hmm. like, nope, I want this. I want it. I want it all. And I want it now. Absolutely. So we were willing to lay our pride down. We were willing to do whatever it took to start bringing that money in. So now we can drive the nicer cars and, you know, don't have to count the pennies every step of the way. But we have to be willing to, um, you know, to make some sacrifices. And it's so worth it. Absolutely. You know, and I think I think the some of the people that have that will have the hardest time hearing some of the things we're having to say um, are actually the people that are very high earners. Yes. But who say that they want to quit their they want to quit their day job. But they have golden handcuffs. Yeah. And they're, I mean, I, I know a handful of gals I've talking I've spoken to over the last month, and they're making twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars per month from yep. their day job. Some of yep. them are in sales or they're doctors or they're yep. dentists. And they're like, I just want to be home with my family more. I want time freedom. How do I how do I tran make this transition? And it's very hard because yeah. you've got to make so much money um, doing your new thing in order to make up for that. But mm -hmm. you know what? There's a lot of things that if you're willing to make the changes in your personal life and in your set, because there are families that are making, they're getting by on fifty thousand dollars a year yes. for a family of four. And, and so it, you know, it's like, oh, wow, she makes 300,000. It's so hard for her to quit her job. <laughs> but it's, but when you've changed your life to match yeah. your income level, it can be very difficult. Or if you've got three kids, you're paying for college for, Absolutely. but you go, man, I just want my life to be different. What do you do? And sometimes you do have to make decisions and you Absolutely. have to have hard conversations and we got to be willing to make changes in our, our life. And it's like, do you want this enough to make those kind of changes or do you want it enough to to get outside of your comfort mm -hmm. zone? I mean, here's the way you have to think about it. Do you want to continue to be a slave to that thing? 
And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's a comfortable slavery. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you want total freedom, we will have to make some hard decisions, at, you know, at some point. And everybody is different. Everybody has a different risk adverse level. Yeah. Um, and, and what they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. And I am so thankful. But, you know, you and I were in two different places. It, I think it might have been easier for me because I... It was, you know, I, all of my kids were out of the house. Yeah. You know, I knew I could survive. Sure. I, I knew I could survive. I know you still had kids at home. It was mm-hmm. a little more difficult, but yet you had already figured it out. Y'all already knew, hey, we can live on this amount. Not mm-hmm. only did you know that you, you know, some things that you were going to have to start doing differently, paying di- attention to the way you buy groceries and all that, and then stop doing some things. You know, you might have yep. to give up those, you know, Starbucks runs. Yeah. And, you know, this is the yeah, this is powerful because this is the mentality. And I want all my doctors and dentists out here, people who are, you're, you know, big income earners to hear this. Well, we set up our life, even when the two of us I mean, because there was a period in our, our marriage where we were making well into six figures, not and I'm not talking like just over a hundred, like we were doing very well. And um, but we still set up our life and our bills in such a way that if it all went away and we had to tomorrow go get a job at the gas station or delivering pizzas <laughs> that we go. could literally that we could yep. literally pay our bills and we would be fine love it and so if you if you can like change your mindset mm-hmm. to a point where you go okay if 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 everything went away tomorrow and i know that i had to go find a job that is hard to fill right now. And I don't see either one of us going to get at a job. Um, but there's people listening right now that work at gas stations and that work at, um, you know, that work in, in food service and all these things that are like, I got to change my life. I got to change my life. Uh-huh. And I just want to encourage you that you are, you know, like if you have a life that, that exists that where your bills are so low that you can support yourself or can support your family on that little amount, you have such a tremendous opportunity you yeah. have such a potential to change your life because it doesn't it doesn't take a three hundred and fifteen thousand dollar deal coming along, right? For you to make to for you to absolutely change your life and and be able to make that transition. Mm-hmm. It's so it's a mindset. I think listeners today could like wherever you are right now listening to this, you could make up your your mind today, yeah, and you would start figuring it out. What could I do? What kind of changes can I make? What can I give up? What can I, you know, sacrifice? And then you just have to ask yourself, is it worth it to me? Yes. Is it worth it to me to have that ultimate freedom? Um, And again, quitting your day job is not for everyone. It's just Mm -hmm. really not. Mm -hmm. A lot of people actually, first of all, they love their job. That's their passion. Some doctors, again, especially, you know, uh, that is their passion. And there's no pressure to quit your day job. If you're passionate about it, this can always be a side hustle or it can be the side thing that you do for a year or two, whatever it takes and how much time you put into it to equal that number that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do just want to say, you know, just make, don't be a slave to your fear. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't let it hold you back because um, I don't regret walking away from, um, that comfort zone. Oh my gosh, I don't regret it one second. I know you don't, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be here today. I, I don't think had I not done it the way that I did it. Absolutely. Well, there's um, you know, there's a couple of things that I want to encourage people to do that are thinking about 
thinking about making a big change. Okay. Um, so we've talked a little bit about getting, getting your bills way down. Um, but I want to share with you a little tip. This is something else that, that Josiah and I have learned over the years, whenever we're getting ready to make a big change. So anytime that we were buying a house and we needed to come up with a down payment, we, we did this little thing that like a, we have a little, a little game that we sort of play and it's quit eating out <laughs> Yes, <laughs> because we always go back and we look at our budget and we go, gosh, where was our money going? And we look at our, our receipts and we go, wow, we ate all of our money because yeah. we love to eat out. It's fun. We love to like that. We just like love to go out and hang out and but whenever we are focused on a big goal. And so I'm challenging all of our listeners. This is a simple thing that you can do. Quit eating out for the next 30 days. Mm -hmm. and, and and you might go, wait a second. Do I really have to do that? Do <laughs> no. And I want you to look at your, like compare your bank statement from last month to the next month. And this works great if you're needing to save up. And like, if you feel like, oh, how am I going to pay for Christmas for my kids this year? Yeah. This is how you're going to do it. Let me give you a tip. But if you will look at how much you are spending at restaurants on your bank statement this last month, you will be shocked at how much money you can pile up. But if you just made a plan for yourself and you said, okay, I my goal is to quit my day job six months from now. Let's just say that you set a goal to do that. Um, what, if, what if over the next six months you said, I'm gonna see how low I can get my bills. I'm gonna get rid of my car payment. I'm gonna pay cash for a car that I can afford and I don't have a car payment anymore. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna quit eating out. We're gonna start cooking at home. We're gonna we're gonna get crazy about planning and and being more efficient. Um, we're gonna budget. We're gonna stick to our budget. We're gonna quit buying clothes and things mm -hmm. that we don't need. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just gonna see how much how much we can pile up to save up for that time. Because um, what I want to encourage people to do, and and I think what I think what you'll find is that your brain also goes to work to go, okay, how can I pile up more money? How can yes. I pile up more cash? What do I need to do? And um, and hopefully, like if you're listening to this, then you've, you're learning some things about real estate investing or you're, you've gone through our masterclass or you're in our mentorship. Um, and I wanna encourage you to do all those things. Um, but if you can start implementing the things that you're learning about becoming a real estate investor and get some wholesale, deal, wholesale deals going, that if you can if you can put in the bank about six months worth of expenses, for me, like that's part of what makes me feel confident is like mm -hmm. if I know I can pay my bills, if if not another deal comes comes my way for the next six months, if I can pay all of our bills, mm -hmm. that's my confidence. Like that that I go, okay, because if it. I get four months in, if I get four months along here and I've quit my job and I'm not and there's no money coming in after four or five months, then I can just go get a job. That's like right. that's the deal. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, that sometimes holds people back is they're like, well, if I quit my job, there's no turning back. But in reality, like if you're a highly employable person, you can probably go find another job. It's yep. not the end of your it's not yep. the end of the world. Yeah. But but I like for people to have like a safety net before you just step out there and, mm -hmm. and do it without any kind of a plan, right? Yep. Um, so tell me for you, Teresa, um, how did you decide which investing strategies to pursue to make, to make it happen as quickly as possible? Because you were all in from the start. Mm -hmm. So like, how did you decide what strategies to pursue? I get this question all the time. Okay, so I, I'm, you know, I, for the first four months, I wholesaled every single deal. I didn't uh -huh. even consider anything else. I just wholesaled 
all every deal and mm -hmm. for as much money as I could. And I was literally living on as little of that money as I possibly could. Uh -huh. And I mean, and it started growing pretty quickly. And then my next thing was a flip. And so uh -huh. I did a couple of flips and made some, you know, some really good profits there. And then I had a, a good, you know, then I felt like, okay, I can really start doing anything I wanted. And so I jumped in, I think I did all wholesale deals. And then I did a cup, two flips. And then I went straight in. I was like, okay, now I have money over here. I want to start buying short-term rentals. I had money to, you know, put, go buy all the furniture and all of that. And so I started buying rentals and short-term rentals. And then, and that, this is the most awesome thing. Then every single pr property that I purchase now, and even after that, you know, six, seven, eight months, um, I don't think about what strategy that I'm going to use. Mm -hmm. I just get the property under contract and then I let that property dictate to me what strategy I'm going to use. Obviously, if it is in a great location for a short-term rental and that makes sense, it's going to be a short-term rental. Um, does this property, would I make the most amount of money if I flipped it? Would I make almost as much money if I just wholesaled it? Mm -hmm. And or does this make a great rental property? So um, that and that's what I do is I just get all of the properties under contract that I possibly can. And then I let it dictate to me. But for the first um, four to six months, I just wholesaled every single deal and then went straight into flipping a couple. And I had my my nest egg after that. And then I felt free and have felt free in this whole time to do anything that I wanted to do with whatever property I got under contract. I love it. I love it. Teresa, I feel like we could just talk about this forever. So we're going to have to do another session on okay. this topic. Um, but I want to skip on down to uh, this question. What advice would you give someone who wants to quit their job to become a full-time real estate investor? I want to hear that from you, Teresa. Okay. Well, again, I think very much of it has to do with your personality. I am going to say, so as much as I say, don't let fear stop you. Also, do not be... Um, what is the word I'm looking for, Andrea? I don't want you to be, if you have nothing, if mm -hmm. you're broke and, um, you know, I, I, it's probably not the best thing for you to do it, to just mm -hmm. walk away from your job. Everything that we have just talked about, having at least a few months, having some cash that mm -hmm. you can fall back on, having, you're, you know, you're going to need money to market. Unless you're going to go out there and do exactly what I did was door knocking, but I still had to have money for gas and, you know, purchasing prop stream. And so there's, you know, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of money needed. So um, I think a lot of people are in a highly stressed situation and they are just leaving with no plan. And then they're especially if you have a family mm -hmm. and then they're not willing to do what it takes. To yeah. go out there and and if you're going to, you can't go out there and then fall in, quit your job and then fall in to analysis paralysis or, you know, let one, one issue stop you. Listen, I had all kinds of issues those first few months. I, you know, I was literally telling you, I didn't have the, I didn't even have the full, I didn't have a training and coaches. I did have sons, but listen, they were they were working their honeys off. And so I had to figure out a lot of it. I made a lot of mistakes. I didn't let a mistake or an issue that didn't turn out the way that I wanted to 
I didn't waste time whining about it or saying, oh, I know this doesn't work or I knew this was too good to be true. I just figured out a way around it or I got through that one and went to the next one. So I think so much of this conversation has to do with who you really are as a woman. Are you mm -hmm. going to take action? And uh, but if you're just looking for a cop out to quit a job. Yeah. But you're not actually going to take the action you're going to find yourself in bigger trouble than you are now. So um, I think you really have to balance that out and know yourself. And, you know, I can't go without saying, you know, pray about it. I knew that I was supposed to leave based on a scripture that I'd been teaching for several months, the one that I quote all the time. Um, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God would be with you. And so I had already had a conversation with God that for the rest of my life, I was going to do the bravest thing. So then when Kelton called me that day and said, Mom, it's time, I knew for me, it was just a, an, an act of faith. But yes, I did have some money in a 401k. I knew that I would be selling my house that I lived in that to, to move to Dallas. And I knew, I, I think I made about $30,000 on that. Um, so I knew that I was going to have some money that if all else failed, I wasn't going to starve or I wasn't going to put my, you know, I wasn't, nothing horrible was going to happen. And just like you said, hey, if for whatever reason, I knew I could go back to the medical field, you know, and a week later if I needed to. Yes. So, yes, absolutely. All of those things. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. I love it. Well, should we wrap up today? Yeah. I want to ask you, what is the biggest challenge yeah. that you've experienced with running your own business? Just tell us a little bit about that. Okay, sure. Um, so I think one of the greatest challenges of being a business owner is um, is having the self-discipline to take action when no one is holding you accountable. Um, having Knowing that nobody else is coming along to do this thing for you. And if it is to be, it is up to me. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you get to a place and, and I think as your business grows and you start making more money, um, and you're able to start growing a team. Sometimes that pre presents all new problems and new challenges that can be turned into opportunities. But, um, you know, the more people, the more projects you have going, the more people you need around you and the more opportunities for challenges because of, of the people that are involved in all of your projects and things. Um, but I think the, the when it comes down to it that, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's you and your willingness to take action and, to and sometimes that action is to surround yourself with the right people, the right partners that you need, um, things like that. But that you know, there's nobody that's just coming along to do the hard the hard thing for you that's if you right. don't do it. Um, so if you weren't willing to do that in a day job, then you're not going to be doing it that very much in your exactly own thing. Right. And I think I think sometimes we think that our life changes or gets easier or better or we're going to work less because we're now working for ourselves. But it, you know, usually the flip of that happens for yes. a period of time. Absolutely. Is that you? You know, I can't tell you when I after I quit my day job, how many nights I was up until one in the morning trying to mm -hmm. fill out paperwork and trying to, mm -hmm. you know, make sure I had the ducks in a row for financing and, and like yep. just learning all the it's things I needed to learn. It feels different and it doesn't mm -hmm. so much feel like work. It feels exciting and it feels, mm -hmm. you know, it gets, it, it's a whole different thing, but mm -hmm. yeah, it, 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 I agree. I probably worked more hours in the beginning, but it was worth it and it was exciting, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's um let's do the takeaways for today. Do you want well, to jump I into want those? to hear from you. 
Um, let's hear what takeaways, three things that you would advise an investor or an entrepreneur who is looking to be brave and grow, or is perhaps feeling stuck where they are. All right. So the three things, um, and I want to make this specific to, if you would love to quit your day job, if you'd love to quit your nine to five, um, this is what I would do. Number one, get your expenses down. That's step one is figure out how to live within, means that um, allow you to take a risk because you're not already in a risky situation financially. So get your expenses down um, as much as you can get your income up um, prior to quitting your job. So, um, and I would love to see people before they quit their, their job um, and to become an investor, to do a deal or two and have money coming in from that thing. Um, there's this great book by John Acuff called um, Quitter. And it's like all about um, being brave and taking that step. But he always talks about making sure that um, you don't just jump off the boat of your day job into the water and start floundering and drowning, but that you know the dock that you're going to step your foot onto. And that dock can be your own dream job, your own personal gig. Um, but having some money coming in from that before you take that step. Um, but number three is that... Um, I, and I, I heard this the other day and I, I, it just resonated so hard with me that what, what you want most is behind what you resist most. Mm. So if for, for a lot of people listening to this, they're trying to do real estate investing. They're trying to get a, get their first deal, get a couple deals so that they can confidently make that transition, but they haven't started marketing, but they haven't taken the action. They haven't left their door <laughs> to go knock on someone else's door. They haven't taken the act. So whatever it is that you're resisting, mm -hmm. and for some people, it's going to be, they're resisting giving up their expensive lifestyle, yeah. you know, or feeling like they, they are willing to do that, that hard thing. And, and so it may be in multiple areas. Um, but whatever you're resisting most, like probably whatever you want most is right behind that. And Ooh, so really I love that. Yeah. Love really it. ask yourself what that, what that is and what you're, what you're hiding from, because I think sometimes our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And so ask yourself, you know, who am I not to be? Let's exactly. go. Exactly. Wow. Great conversation today, Andrea. Awesome. Well, thank you, Teresa. On behalf of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and Teresa Todd, I'm Andrea Ingstrom, encouraging you to be brave and dream big. <laughs>